Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The driver's seat. Stevie Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who'll get there first? Kelly, I reckon no Johnson, Johnson got, got it. Three laps to go. Yeah, He's right. in the fence. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. The driver's seat. It's redemption day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. Yes! The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. For Kubota, together we are building Australia. Oh, we've been waiting for so long, but it's finally here, boys. We get to go racing this weekend. Beauty. How good is this going to be? I cannot wait. I, I, I genuinely have made zero plans across the weekend. I've told the kids... Don't expect me to build anything, take you to sport. You build? Do, well, <laughs> Ikea you instructions. <laughs> Even Ikea stuff? Yeah. No. Yeah, I do. You'd be flat out doing a Lego well, piece. I take... <laughs> a, a kid's one from six to eight years of age. Yeah, Duplo. I struggle. Yeah. I max out at Duplo. Oh. That's me. Look, but where I do, I must admit, though, I do, if I do get something complicated from Ikea, I will check on that website for the people, university students, how much it's going to cost me to build it. And if it's more than an hour, they get a phone call. <laughs> well, I'll tell I'm you what, interested. we have got plenty to talk about as we head to SMP very, 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 very soon. We're counting down till it's like Christmas, but uh, you'll listen to the driver's seat across Australia. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. We've got to get to our first guest. He's an absolute superstar. And we got to do it properly too, because every time we get this bloke oh, on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, Nims. Superstar oh, might be a bit I would, heavy. I wouldn't go that Jeez, far. You're a bit, yeah, touch heavy on the superstar <laughs> bit. Look, I'm always so nice to him. <laughs> I'm going to be mean tonight. Well, you know what? We he's been good enough to join us, and we always have to give this man an intro too. So please welcome our first guest to the driver's seats. Michael Caruso is now a V8 Supercar race winner. This has been a very, very impressive run. That's right. He joins us from below the bonnet, and he's, of course, piloting the number seven Alfa Romeo for Gary Rogers Motorsport when TCR officially goes back. Welcome back to the driver's seat, Michael Caruso. Boys, um, that intro never, ever gets old. Other than getting ripped a new one, uh, that bit of play on, you little beauty. (laughs) Race winner, Michael Caruso. (laughs) Hey, mate, welcome back. Uh, Welcome back. I I know we've spoken to you, I think, once this year, but I think that was pre-COVID. Are we post-COVID yet? I mean, looking at the Victorian figure, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. But, but, not so if you're in have Victoria, him, we, apparently. No, not in Victoria. <laughs> but we are starting racing this weekend. I mean, are you as pumped up as we are? I know you're not racing supercar, but you've got to be pumped up about this weekend, don't you? 
Oh, I think it's just a relief to see some racing cars get back on track, isn't it, boys? I mean, it feels like this, uh, for me, it feels like this lockdown COVID thing that's been dragging on forever. Um, and, yeah, I look really excited to uh, to see everybody racing at the um, Sydney Motorsport Park this weekend because I, I think no matter what they put on, um, there'll definitely be plenty of people watching and uh, and I'm sure everybody will be entertained either way. Hey, I mean, I know the mate, I know the E series was really good to us, and it was a a great thing to fill in that that gap. But how good is it going to be to sit down and watch a race, not having to worry about your refresh rate and how fast your internet is? <laughs> <laughs> the the some of the best action of the the old esports action was coming into turn one, and you know there's sixty odd cars on the grid, and you come in, and all of a sudden there's no one there, and you think what's going on here? Am I the only one racing? And then they'd just drop from the sky because of that whole refresh rate thing and it'd just be absolute chaos. There's cars crashing, rolling over. Um, and I used to think, oh, I can't wait to get in the real racing because none of this shit will ever be happening ever again. Hey, by the way, well done on the show, boys. Um, pretty cool to uh, Thank you, mate. to get a gig like this. I mean, I'm I'm shocked that I'll be... I'm surprised. Is there anyone with a like beat button, just in case? Uh, given this is live. Uh, well, we we do have the Dave Reynolds button ready to go here, so <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing because your your podcast. I mean, he can he can or you guys can let fly with any swear word you want, and it and it just you know if you want to download it, listen to it, go your hardest. But here on live radio, you can't really do that live. kind of stuff. You, you you get in trouble. Like Mimsy, Mimsy literally spends his whole time with his finger over the button. We got the five second delay, and then whack, he's down every time we got uh, we got Reynolds on the dump button all the time. Bang, twenty four seven off it goes. So, mate, TCR. Um, let's what... let's talk TCR though. Uh, yeah. are you yep. you are having a run in Alpha this year. Uh, you tested a little little while back, didn't get to race at the AGP. Give us your sort of give us your thoughts on it because we are all now all of us drivers are all now in very actually condensed... TCR was the first race well, well, yeah. uh, as in the first, first race at the, the AGP weekend yeah that uh, didn't go ahead yes. so so it literally that's when the COVID hit was right when TCR was about to go out wasn't it, Robert so you guys were on the pits yeah. or actually in the paddock with your helmet on you were walking around. For like two hours, wondering what was going on. But have you have, oh, have you been able it, to test? Have you tested since then, mate? I test. I've just been mowing the lawn. I haven't done anything. I said I actually rang my engineer the other day, and I'm like, "Hey, um, Michael Caruso here. We used to work together about three months ago. Do you, do you remember me?" But um, no, look, we were just laughing about it because it feels like you know, in in a normal off season you sort of need that time off, if that makes sense. You know, you need that little mental break and you can just, you know, okay, let's kick back off next year and, you know, you know what you're getting into. But this break has just been um, really different because it's completely unexpected. But um, for me particularly, like you said, uh, I literally did a test day. Uh, We went to the Grand Prix. We qualified. Um, We're on the front row and it would have been an epic race weekend. I mean, uh, myself and GT parked up next next to each other in the front row. Uh, and, pumped, and me, but, the DSO. Uh, well, I didn't look. You, you know, you and I are really good mates, Stevie. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you reminded me of that in driver's briefing, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember where how good we are? Slip, slip me that little pineapple. Slip me fifty. But you know, you know what no, his nickname. Look, you know what his nickname is, Robbo, in D, DSO land. It's drive-through Johnson. No. 
If you if you get oh, a drive-through, yeah, you'll just get a drive-through. You won't get a monetary fine. He just if it's the difference between getting to a restaurant, having a meal, and going to bed early, or giving you mm. a fine, he'll just give you the drive-through so he can get to the restaurant. It's drive-through, it's Johnson. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here to work smarter, not harder. Uh, I'll pick up some nuggets on the way through, mate. If yeah. that's what it takes. Um, no, it's dead set. It's it's just a strange little period, but I feel like I have to learn. Again, because it's obviously TCR is quite new to me, um, you know, particularly from that driving style perspective, you know, driving the front wheel drive car. Um, I'm feeling like I'm going to have to learn it again, but I guess I won't really know until uh, I get to jump in the seat, which, you know, we're not racing till August. So we've got a little bit of time yet, but uh, hopefully we'll get some, we'll get a test day or at least just a few laps. Just around Dandenong, um, that's what it takes. Around Dandenong, right. Do you actually, do you drive a front wheel drive car <laughs> on the road? I don't know. I've got a Ford Ranger, but um, oh, okay. I, I did spend a lot of time uh, in a front-wheel drive car when I actually originally drove for Gary in the good old day day. Um, and people might have seen this, but I, I had a one-two-one when I moved to Melbourne. <laughs> and um, wow! So I know, I know, I know how a front-wheel drive is meant to handle in the wet. That let me tell you that. That's about. <laughs> All I can release information-wise. Yes, yes, yes. Legally, anyway. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> um, mate, uh, it's, it's uh, looking at my sheet here, and, I, and it's true, the, the Pertec Enduro Cup at the moment oh, looks like it's only going to be the one race, isn't it? Uh, the Bathurst 1000. So, um, you know, give us a bit of an how, insight how can into... You, wait, wait, boys. I, I don't like... Um, look, you know, it's been a very difficult time for everybody at the moment, but... You can't exactly have a cup in one race. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, what are they going to do? Like, if, I'm not joking. Like, if you're standing on the top step of the podium and they're handing out trophies and then they hand out, you know, the Peter Brock trophy, just one bath, and they're like, oh, by the way, you've also won this. You're like, boys, let me get back to that after about three weeks of drinking straight yeah. and enjoying this moment because that means that's a, Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's going to be it's disappointing it's, because it was gearing up to be a big year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. And, and like I think going back to what you're doing, you know, you're going to be at Bathurst in the TCR car as well in November. November, yeah. November, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, how's is that going to be hard going from, you know, you've I know you've driven V8s for a long time and it's probably muscle memory. You jump in that and away you go. Is the TCR car, our car just muscle memory from your one two one? <laughs> Uh, it's pretty different. It is pretty different. I mean, they're, they're really lively, particularly in the rear. And, um, I mean, we've probably all seen the, uh, the action in the first corner when the tires are cold, but, um, look, it's, it's going to be different. I guess I've never put more than four laps together because, you know, when you go testing, you're sort of just trying to understand the car and do a bit of, you know, I guess, see where you are. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to sort of see what the, uh, what the old Valvoline Alpha can do in racing conditions, because you know that's when the uh, that's when the races are won and done. So that's where we need to be there. What about your teammates? Are they going to be tough? What teammates, mate? This is a single man <laughs> camp, isn't it? <laughs> isn't jo- Jordy it's Cox is one of your world. teammates? Is he not? Uh, yeah, he is actually. And and look, there's there's probably. Every time I go down to GRM, they've got like another ten cars have rolled in, so yeah. there's plenty of cars. Big week, there's like eight or nine cars down there. Um, so, look, it's it's a bit of a different concept, I guess. Into you know, compared to what we normally talk about teammates in say supercar world, 
where you you know you camp out of the same garage, you've got one more teammate or maybe three, um, where this is a little bit different. Everyone sort of runs their own little show. But um, look, it'll be interesting because, uh, you know, guys like Geordie are, are, you know, experienced in the equipment and um, he was pretty fast last year. So um, I'm looking forward to sort of to working with everybody there. And, uh, and, and look, the main thing is, Stevie J will tell you, it's like I was only there for one day and it was a qualifying day, but it was really easy going um, and really enjoyable atmosphere that they have there in that paddock. Yeah, I, I, and I've heard exactly the same. It's it's a bit more of a uh, family atmosphere. Everyone's having a having a bit of a laugh around. Now, I do, before we let you go, mate, I do want to touch on one thing. Uh, we've all been in lockdown. We've all had to homeschool our children. We've had to do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I have noticed you've become a bit of a TikTok master. <laughs> oh, no, yes. Um, that's, can we get that's can we get some of them up on our uh, on our page, Nimsy? Can we get some of them up on our uh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> put, put some up on our driver's seat page just to show everybody. <laughs> you should see the ones I haven't posted. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's a different world in TikTok, but um, the kids love it. Like they, you know, my kids. This is that you know they really like um, that you know that role playing and having a bit of fun and what have you. So no, it's. it's it got I got bored. Let's just say, put it that way. So, um, but the way things are going, TikTok's probably the new Instagram, don't you reckon? Mm. I, 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 mate, I don't know. No? I, my kid, my kids have got it, and all I all I do is watch my kids walking around like they're having some kind of epileptic fit because they're just dan- <laughs> like they'll be sitting there waiting at the dinner table, and they just. They move in a way that I think, what is going on with you? What is wrong? So, I, hey, I don't, that's probably. That's probably what your dad used to think back in the day when you were at home. Well, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. When I he'd come <laughs> downstairs and I'd be, I'd, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be watching. Uh, what's that Sunday program with on ABC with the uh, the music? What's that? Um, Rage. Oh, Rage, Rage, yeah, yeah. He'd come that down, Sunday be, program with the music. Rage. Rage. <laughs> it's been a little while, Nimsy. It's been a little while. <laughs> you know the one with that. Is Kylie Minogue still on that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jet that's probably the way he looked at me. You're right, Robbo. Does Jet would be on TikTok, wouldn't he? No, he's not actually, mate. He's not on TikTok. He's uh, he's, he's actually on Tinder for sure. No, he's definitely not Tinder. <laughs> he's definitely not Tinder. <laughs> that is gold, Robbo. Oh, if he's gone, not, but... not under a pseudonym name either. It'll be Jet Johnson, son of Steve, grandson of Dick Johnson. <laughs> Definitely, definitely not. Out of TikTok and Tinder, I don't know what I'd be more proud of. But as, anyway, as, we'll as, Steve, as Steve frantically texts Bree, get Jet's phone. Phone. <laughs> oh, look. Hey, Robert, we, we appreciate you jumping on board the driver's seat live, mate. We can't wait to see you back on track. And uh, also, if you want, if you haven't got your Michael Caruso fix, make sure you check out the V8 Sleuths brand new podcast. Uh, there's some incredible tales there too. And there's even some great pictures of uh, one of the coolest looking liveries you'll ever see on a Mazda 121. That's right, a Mazda 121. <laughs> oh, how funny is that? That is too <laughs> Robbo, uh, appreciate your time, Matt, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, boys. Always a pleasure. That was Michael Caruso there on the driver's seat. We're going to take a quick pause for the course here. Back with more right after this. This is huge. Tom Randall making the switch from Tickford over to Matt Wyatt. Thomas Randall is your pole man here for Armour All. Congratulations. P1, round one, race one. 
Just lean back and let it go. It was so close on the start line for Thomas Randall. Just lean back and let it go. Randall brings that to home without a scratch. It's Thomas Randall who wins the race. Oh, it's time for our feature interview for IMAR Insurance. The tradies mate call 13IMAR here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota Building Australia. It's really, really, as we look at the calendar coming up ahead, yes, all of the supercars categories are very pumped for it, but uh, the categories below, Super 2, that's not too far away, and one man who is an absolute superstar that was leaving Adelaide with all the momentum and two points separating him from being on the top of the points table is Thomas Randall. And you got to say, too, by the time we get to Winton, he's going to be chomping at the bit, wouldn't you say, boys? I think we all are. And uh, I think, yes, if you were last in Adelaide, Nimsy and Steve, you're probably thinking, oh, God, I just don't know how I'm going to go at Winton. But when you had such the the pace that, that Tommy Randall did, and then you've been nobbled by this coronavirus and held back. Absolutely, you'd be chomping at the bit. I know I would be. He's actually been very busy, though, during this uh, coronavirus-induced break. Started a brand-new business called Dream Simulation. It offers anyone a chance to jump on a race spec sim for a session two. And it's not just iRacing. There's a whole heap of other platforms. But you know what? Let's get the great man to talk about it himself. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, Tommy Randall. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. It's uh, what, what a warm welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> Mate, you, you must be, as we said, you must be champing at the bit ready to go to, to get in the car again at Winton, especially after that momentum you had in Adelaide. Uh, it's all good for the sim thing and the business, and we'll talk a little bit like about that a little bit later on. But, man, you must be, like Steve and I are, just dying to get back behind the wheel. Look, absolutely. It's it's been a while, and it feels like it's been it feels like we've had another off season. Really, uh, in fact, it's probably been a longer off season than what we normally have. So, um, I guess the, the good thing is that we're not going into the heat like what we did at Adelaide. So that's yeah. uh, that's one positive, and we're going to I guess our, our test track or a lot of a lot of the guys test track here in Victoria. So that's a positive, and yeah, we've got really good speed there. Um, which we I thought we showed when we tested there, but it's just gonna be great to, to be back with the team and, and my teammates. Um, yeah, kind of miss all the guys, and I've called into Matt White a few times and seen the car getting all all prepped or as prepped as it can be. I mean, it's it's just been uh, sort of resting like Sleeping Beauty at the moment, but um, it'll be nice to yeah, get back in the car for sure. And I'm really looking forward actually just to watching supercars this weekend. I think it's gonna be. It's going to be great to see how all the, all the guys go out there. I think, um, you know, they, they haven't got much track time before qualifying. It's a very compact schedule, and it's a good chance to see how everyone, uh, you know, cooperates or responds to all the new rule changes regarding, you know, social distancing and everything like that. I guess it gives them a chance to, to test that out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think yeah, we've all missed our, our real racing. I mean, the sim has been great. I've had a lot of fun with with Stevie J as well. And, uh, yeah, I think we can still do that as well. But to be yeah, hitting a real racetrack soon is, is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's it's been a really bizarre time um, and obviously something that, that none of us have probably experienced before. So so to be moving forward now, Tom, and, and looking at Winton coming up, probably the, the first I want to, sort of a couple of questions I'd like to ask. One... Are you going to get a chance to actually sit your bum in a real seat and, and do some laps? Uh, and two, what do you think um, it's going to be like this weekend with the supercars at SMP? Because 
they haven't had a chance to actually drive their car since uh, since I think it was the qualifier last qualifying session at AGP. So, what do you think is going to happen there? Well, yeah, that's correct. I mean, I think I'm fortunate in the fact that we will get a test day. I think we're looking around the 7th of July at Winton. So, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be uh, a good chance to dust the cobwebs the cobwebs off. And, I mean, we're going to be going to a two-day event at Winton. So, we don't have that. I think we'll, we'll go down to one practice at session as well, just because it's going to be a condensed schedule. So, yeah. to have that test day will be really crucial or really beneficial but like you said the, the main series guys don't have that I mean if anything the rookies probably get a bit of an advantage this weekend because they get an extra an extra 20 minute session I think at the at the beginning of the day on Saturday so they're probably mm. going to have a little bit of an upper hand initially but yeah it makes it very challenging for those guys I mean even Adelaide was challenging because I mean they had that one test day at the bend uh, two days before they were on track at Adelaide and that yeah. was sort of shared amongst themselves and the co-drivers and you know, you're going from a track that's completely different to Adelaide. So, look, they're probably um, they're probably going to be fine. At the end of the day, they're they're meant to be professional race car drivers. And Formula yep. One is going back to Austria. I'm not sure if every team has had a chance to test before then. So, um, I think it's hopefully going to spice up the field. And I mean, all the different rule changes regarding a number of personnel. I mean, there's a lot of you know, team bosses that aren't going. I don't even think Sean Seaman's going. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a very condensed um, team environment in the garage. But I'm looking forward to seeing how everyone responds and who's sort of prepared the best leading into into this weekend. And also for us when we go into our next Super 2 round at Winton in about a month's time. And, mate, what do you make of the, the Super 2, Super 3 amalgamation again? Because it was Super 2, then it was Super 2 and Super 3, and then it was back to the Kumo Championship, and now it's back to Super 3 again. Can only is it, a, is it a good thing to have the two different classes together, do you reckon? I think, look, I think uh, there is... Now, Tom, uh, we've uh, been, we texted about this today, so I want you to tell me exactly what you think. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to tell you what I exactly think? Um, yeah, okay, no, well, seriously, tell know, us what you think. Opinion, yeah. Honest yes. opinion, I think there's from from a Super 2 driver and team's point of view, I think there's more cons than pros. I think for what, you know, we, I guess what we paved to do the championship and what we've got at stake, I think now there's that added risk of, um, for example, if we end up lapping any cars in the race, you know, there's that risk of getting damaged there or, you know, if you're fighting for a top position in the race um, and you've got an extra, extra uh, hurdle thrown at you or even in qualifying, I mean, trying to get a clean lap is going to be tricky. I don't know how many Super 3 cars they're looking to have in the field, but, you know, if it's another 10, 15 cars that, you know, are lapping slower, uh, it, that certainly makes it tricky, especially somewhere around Winton. And it also yeah. brings more more potential for red flags. So yeah. Um, yeah. in that sense, I think it's it's um, it's risky for, for the guys in Super 2 because, you know, we're all battling for that top, top position and also with that comes that you know four hundred thousand dollar prize money that is to to help you in you know in the supercars main series seat but look as a super three driver and team i think it's a a great opportunity and i think it's yeah in 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 a positive from a super two point of view i think it's going to be great to have a larger field and at least it allows the super threes to race because they probably wouldn't have had a very good calendar otherwise mate um just 
I'm not all over the the Super Three thing now. Are they still running on the Kumo tire like they used to? Say that again. Sorry. Uh, are they still running on the Kumo tire that they ran on last year? Uh, so they're not. They haven't changed uh, to Dunlop rubber. I believe so, and so yeah, they'll yeah. be still on the 17-inch tires. So I guess that yeah. that also brings an element into it. You know, they're going to be running on on yeah. different tires. But again, I think overall that they, they are. A, I mean, they're, they're a slower car, and, and they should be because they're not a car of the future. But um, yeah, I think they're going to be probably running to their regs, and we'll run to our regs, and then. Yeah. I'm not sure whether they'll, for the for the race start, whether they'll have the Super 2 field, a gap, and then the Super 3 field in like a standing start sort of procedure or, yeah, what they're going to do. I mean, I guess we'll find out in uh, in the coming days or coming weeks. But, um, yeah, in a way, it's kind of like the more the merrier, but in another way, it, it also brings other other risks into it. So you can look at it from, from, from both points of views, but... You know, in another sense, I'm just glad to be getting on the get back on the track. To be honest, yeah, totally. And, and we're actually talking to Robbo just a couple of minutes ago about you know co-drives and what that's going to look like. He obviously is driving the uh, the Monster Energy uh, Falcon, Monster Energy <laughs> Mustang, <laughs> I should say. Um, any contact with BJR about your enduro drive at this stage? Because at this, as Nimsy pointed out earlier, at this stage we're just Bathurst, really. Um, has there been any contact there and, and what that might look like for you? Um, there hasn't, at this point, there's been no no discussions as to anything else. Um, yeah, it's, I think Sean Seymour announced yesterday that oh, he's pretty much certain that Sandown won't be an enduro. It'll just be the Bathurst 1000. So yeah. that's going to make it. That's a shame, I think. That's a shame. Well, Sandown's such mm. a, good, a good place for an enduro, isn't it? It's a tough track that you know you've got to be on your game not only on the track but in the strategy because you can go to lap down so so easily um it's i think that's a bit of a shame that's i think an opportunity that they probably that went begging i think yeah look i agree with you i think from what i'm what i've read that they still want to run it as a 500k event so for, for it to not be an enduro i'm not 100 percent sure what the reasoning is behind that i mean Obviously, I'm disappointed, as probably all the co-drivers are, and look, I think the spectators enjoy that being in the Euro. And uh, I mean, last year it was good to Lee and I finishing on the podium there. But that being said, it like you said, it, it's a, it is a very tricky uh, circuit because when we race there, it's normally very cold. So when the co-driver ex- exits the pit, the tire temperatures are down. You're coming into that late braking or hard braking turn one, followed by a chicane, and normally you, know, you have to be on it straight away. And there's uh, not much forgiveness there either at that track. You know, it's, it's kind of like a street circuit in a way with all the arm toes. But um, it, it, is a, it is a big challenge. You know, there's all those different surface changes, which makes it tricky. And, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I think, yeah, what I'm hearing is, and I'm sure you boys have heard the same, that it's, it's most likely not going to be an enduro. So, yeah, but look, even if, you know, the Bathurst 1000 goes ahead, which it, it looks like it will be going ahead, I think that's fantastic because that really is, the holy grail of Australian motorsport, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, totally. And and I, and it's interesting over the last three or four months we've seen uh, with a lot of the drivers that are off doing fitness things or, you know, in Robbo's case, he became a TikTok master or, or any of that sort of stuff. But you opened a business dream sim uh, in Melbourne. It, probably one of the best places any race driver, budding race driver, supercar driver, any of that sort of stuff, could go... AFL Premiership player. AFL Premiership player (laughs) could go and get a taste of what it's like to drive. So tell us about that because it's... um, 
you know, where is it and what can you experience when you go in there? Because I've looked at it online. It looks sensational. Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, everyone's probably sick of talking about e-racing for now. But, um, look, it's something I've been trying to work towards for the last three and a bit years. When I moved over to Europe to race uh, in Formula 3 over there to try and try and forge a career towards Formula 1, which, as we know, it's very difficult, but uh, I noticed it was quite a big market in the United Kingdom and also in Europe, this whole you know, simulator driver training um, division. And I felt that it was quite beneficial for learning the tracks. And you know, if you want to take it further, uh, it can also help you with uh, driver training. I, I know that, I mean, the car normally isn't one-for-one, just like the track. I think sometimes you can you can learn bad habits, but I think you can also learn some really good habits, especially if you're, you know, more of a novice, or even if you're just trying to fine tune a few things, or even if you're just trying to learn a track or familiarise yourself with the track before heading there to to not waste too much time when you get there. I mean, it's something that I normally try and do before I go to a racetrack because for for Super Two we only get two 40-minute practice sessions, and um, you don't really want to spend the first session just learning the track because it, it takes away uh, that time of trying to fine-tune the car and, and yourself. So, But with the business, uh, yeah, I've tried to set it up as a, like a tin-top-style cockpit because that's kind of what uh, we most people do or what's predominantly driven in Australia, the tin-tops, you know, TCRs, supercars, GT3s, all that, that style of car, even even TCM, Stevie. But, uh, look, I've got plenty of... Plenty of software programs that can accommodate for pretty much all the Australian tracks and heaps of different cars. And it's all on a motion platform in like a semi-adiabatic chamber, so quite soundproof. And then I've got all the live telemetry. I can see your vision. I've got cameras on the pedal that are looking at you at the steering and uh, yeah, even MoTeC data downloading, So with including an intercom system. So it's just to try and, um, yeah, really boost the driver's confidence um, or improve their skill leading into them hitting the real thing. Who's who's spent more time in that sim? Customers or yourself? <laughs> Probably Jack Rewalt. No, <laughs> Jack Rewalt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I've probably spent the most amount of time, and I try and I try and set whenever someone comes in to go on the simulator, I try and set a base lap before they come in. Um, so then I've got some some data. But look, it's. It can be frustrating if they go quicker, but look, it was uh, it was very awesome to have Jack Rewalt on the sim. I think he came on the sim about four times before doing the Celebrity E Series race, wow. and uh, yeah, he's been great. You know, we've kept in contact, and uh, he's a ripper dude, and um, it was great to have him on, and he's he's been really supportive of the business. And uh, yeah, I'm just hoping once you know, this COVID crisis or pandemic sort of settles down, I know Victoria's becoming a hotspot once more, but hopefully once racing resumes and people start to feel a bit more confident, you know, leaving their homes and such, um, you know, we can, yeah, try and get a few more guys in and uh, guys and girls in. And look, it, it ranges from, from anyone. It doesn't have to be a professional driver or even a driver. It can just be anyone who just wants to come out and try a, a V8 supercar at, at mm. Bathurst or, you know, a Porsche at Albert Park or a Formula 1 at Spa. It can be absolutely anything they'd like. And, uh, yeah, it's... That's kind of what we're we're trying to aim to do is to reach out or to to hit you know anyone not just could, not just the, not just current drivers. It could even it could even be uh, a driver 
driving a little open wheeler trying to get their eye rating up with a legendary spotter and he still crashes. <laughs> hey, yeah, Tom. I, I don't, sorry, I don't recall that story. I don't recall that one. <laughs> to, to get everyone a bit of an idea, I was spotting for Tom, which means you, I was at my house uh, on the Gold Coast watching Tom racing on his uh, in, in the iRacing and uh, talking to him over the internet, you know, over our Discord channel and um, trying to guide him because he was trying to get his iRacing up. So iRacing is very real in the way that if you crash, it's like license points. You drop license yeah, right. points. So yep. you've actually got to build your license points up to get to a race. Now, Tom, you were building your license up to race at, it was a 24-hour race, wasn't it? Correct. It was a 24 yeah. hours of the Nürburgring. I was, I look, we'll just go, we'll go to the end of the story before we go to the beginning. I, I ended up racing it with uh, Jack Aitken, who's a Williams reserve driver doing Formula 2, and I did it with his brother Max and also Esteban Gutierrez. Now, look, I didn't realise the amount of, effort involved to boost that license up i thought it would just be a case of you know i'll, I'll just do a couple of races and off we go and i was hoping that all the arg rounds that we did sort of counted towards that which fun fact turned out it didn't so as, <laughs> as you uh so happened to have to witness i spent pretty much 12 hours straight trying to get my mm -hmm. license up to only have to do another 24 hour race the next day so I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got through that without you, Stevie. That was—I'll never forget that. I, I owe you a beer. Yes, yes, yes. So it was couple. interesting when when I said to you to just sit there and finish the race and don't go off the track. Uh, you decided to muck around with some guy in another country, and he got freaked out by you, and you go crash into each other, and your eye rating dropped. So that's it. That, that's at the point where I gave up being crew chief. <laughs> well, I've got to say, I'm, I'm glad that you know a lot of my incidents have been happening on the game. I think. Now, my dad has yes. seen a lot of the incidents I've I've been involved in, or the ones I've caused, even the ones I've even the ones I've done on my own, just by myself. And look, I'm, if they were in real life, I think I would have given up driving a long time ago. So <laughs> thank goodness it was all in the sim, and I could just hit escape and uh, and try again. So yeah, what happens on the sim stays on the sim. <laughs> I hope. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. That is a fantastic tag. Apparently not if you're Stephen Johnson because he just tells the world what happens. He'll just put it, he'll just broadcast that on the radio. But, hey, you know yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> if you want to be a part of it too, like as as Tommy said, from the beginner race fan to the uh, absolute professional slash ex-supercar driver that uh, has a penchant for uh, McDonald's Sundays, you can get amongst it too. <laughs> Head to dreamsimulation.com.au. Check it out for yourself. Uh, based in Melbourne. And you can, oh, we also forgot to mention uh, your old uh, enduro partner, Lee Holdsworth, also part of it too. So you can get a bit of coaching from uh, the nicest guy in supercars as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's great to have him on board as a, as a driver coach. And, yeah, he's, he's a ripper guy to work with. Um, yeah, we've had a good relationship as of last year. And, uh, yeah, we keep in contact very regularly. And I'm hoping he, he has a great weekend. But uh, it's great to have someone like that on board. And look, he's, he's even done some remote coaching lessons uh, for a kid up in up in Queensland, Alex Gardner. He's uh, a young Carter, great kid, and Lee's done a bit of coaching with him. So, um, yeah, we can even do, yeah, remote remote coaching as well. So um, there's, there's plenty of op options with the with the uh, simulators. So that's, that's one really good thing I about it. Hey, Nimsy, fun fact, talking about McDonald's Sundays. Uh, <laughs> if you drive on iRacing at Le Mans down the Mulsanne Strait, there is a KFC. I'm just telling you that. Of course you've got that. <laughs> 200 mile an hour, you got the KFC. 
knowing Steve, he's probably he's probably eating KFC <laughs> while driving down. Is that what you're trying to say? You were eating a no. There's down the actually a KFC on the straight uh, at Le Mans in the game <laughs> on the back straight. <laughs> Imagine the drive-through there. Coming through, pull now you 200 make, mile now you an hour. Angry. Yeah. Steve's garage is the <laughs> only one that's got a car controller, spike man, and KFC bucket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, next thing, the car. The KFC yeah, he, on the car. Get Colonel Sanders on the bonnet. Yeah, he gets out of the car. They drag him out to the uh, out to the transporter. And, you know, every, every other driver gets a drip and a this, that, and the other thing and a massage. Yeah. Stevie. 15-piece extra crispy bucket. That's it. Bang. There it is. Fuel Straight drop, refresher <laughs> towels in there. All right, you're good to go. <laughs> At least I know I'm well, going to get fed, like... Matt, because there's no man-shaped <laughs> drive-throughs down there. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Tommy, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you again, mate. Dreamsimulation.com.au is where you'll find all the details. Um, mate, actually, before we let you go, one last thing. The S5000, mate, because uh, you're going to have a very busy couple of months after July. You're going to be joining Steve and Matt at at Sydney Motorsport Park, August 15th and 16th. You'd be pretty excited to get back behind the wheel of uh, the S5000, I'd assume. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm excited about having a hang around with Steve. <laughs> but, um, There's a KFC near the track at SMP too, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll go there. We'll hook up for KFC. But no, look, I'm really looking forward to getting back in that. I mean, I've got some really good supporters in that and in Super 2, but, uh, you know, um, having uh, Alabar, Form 700, and uh, ACT Fentire on board with that is, is fantastic, uh, along with the Vilbus. I mean, there are some local guys up in Sydney that uh, are helping me and some, some local guys here in Melbourne too. So uh, that, that's going to be fantastic to get back in that. I mean, it's a bit, yeah, it's a real shame we, we couldn't press on with uh, with the AGP, but obviously that, that was you know, out of our control. Uh, but we were going to start second, and uh, it was a... Phenomenal track to drive around anyway. And they are really cool cars. Hopefully, uh, Steve, you can get your, your hands behind the wheel of, of one of them at some point. I think you'd, you'd really enjoy it. Oh, just cue the joke from Matt where I can't fit in the tub. Come on, Matt. I'm waiting <laughs> no, for I've it. Kept yeah. that. I, I got told by Mrs. Mack last week that I was a little bit hard on you. Ooh. Yeah, saying that you wouldn't wouldn't be able to fit into it. What was it? A Formula, Formula, Formula 1, one, mate. Formula. They're bigger than an S5000. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, geez, you're mean to Steve on air. So okay. you know, I've got to, I mean, uh, let's be honest, mate. There's absolutely no way you'd fit into an S5000. But <laughs> well, let's, let's just we'll, be honest. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, you can see Tommy back in action. Winton, July 18th to 19th. And also back on the grid at SMP, August 15th and 16th. Dream Simulation. You make sure you check it out. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. If you're a guy like me that uh, has got zero skill, a guy like Tommy and Leroy, we're more than happy to guide you through it. But, uh, Tommy, we appreciate you joining us here on the driver's seat, mate, and uh, best of luck. We'll see you at the track soon. No worries. Thanks again for the chat, boys. Always a pleasure. Take care. <laughs> there we go. Tommy Randall, our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR. Visit IMAR.com.au. You're listening to the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. Great Abbey company on the driver's seat. Uh, I forgot to mention, we're getting a couple of texts there on the speckle text, 0433981116. Uh, more than happy to get some of your opinions on board. Last week, it completely went off. It's nut, I can tell you. There's a lot of uh, V8 fans out there, very excited and also very concerned, you'd have to say too, Matt and Steve. But um, look, this is one of my favourite times of the program because it's when we get a bit educational. It's time to slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia.
Oh, Malcolm, it is great to hear your voice. Uh, do you remember me? I used to host this show uh, back before the E-Series, but uh, <laughs> good to have you back, Malcolm. Nice to hear you, Jason. I mean, uh, Nimsy, how are you? <laughs> Well, Malcolm, it's been a, it's been quite a while since uh, we've had a chat, and uh, a lot has been happening. You've been keeping us updated with a whole bunch of stuff in the world of classic cars, but we thought we'd get a little bit uh, nostalgic, a little bit, especially since uh, the Australian car industry seems to be the way of the dinosaur. But we thought we'd talk about some of the most popular cars in Australia over the years. Yeah, we sort of um, we sort of touched on the demise of the Australian industry uh, over the last month or so. So. I was away over the weekend up and seeing my dad for the first time this year with uh, with everything that's been going on. It was really good to see him. And you know, we're just having a chat to him about cars, as we always do. And he certainly fueled a passion in me when I was very young, one that I passed on to my son. So my son, Ryan, is always telling me what cars he thinks I should buy. And my dad's telling me what cars I should buy him, which <laughs> worked out pretty well because I, <clears throat> I dropped him off a, a Brumby Ute, which I, I found up in Ballarat, which he desperately wanted. And... A uh, very very rare car, but it was good to good to find one. But number use, I know, crazy, eh? I don't know nice why you wanted crazy. it. But did, did you actually drive it? Have you actually driven one? Yeah. What yeah. did you think of the the driving experience of the Subaru Brumby Ute? It's a little bit agricultural, somewhat like a tractor that I drive for for work <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Have you still got the fillings in your head, or did they rattle out? <laughs> no, no, it was pretty good. No, I think you must have drive, driven the dodgy one. This one was pretty uh, good. No, I don't think I drive a dodgy one. I just drive it really fast over some dirt, and it just didn't handle it particularly well. And so that was probably. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know that they're a full, full-on four-wheel drive unit really compared to what else is on the market. But um, it, it was good because we're having a chat, and he was um, reminiscing about the '60s and '70s when the view of the, the car industry in Australia, or, or really what people were buying, was a. Uh, every drive had an older Holden, a well-used Ford Falcon, uh, maybe a Valiant or the odd Leyland, and um, also a few British cars around those times. If you remember the um, the Morris and the Austins and the Minis, maybe an MG if you're a bit fancy. Yeah. In the 70s, the um, Japanese cars were just starting to make the inroads with the Corollas and the Datsuns. And you, know, you have a look at it over the years. We had the Jags, which was still rare at those times. Not and BMWs, Audis, and Mercedes weren't really that. Um, prevalent as they are today, and maybe a few Volkswagen Beetles and a couple of combis for the hippies. Um, and they're most still, they're chasing... still crazy, Malcolm, aren't they? Those combis. Oh, yeah. like, split, if you get those oh, split man, they're, window, they're... they're incredible. Like six figures. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking looking the other day, someone, a uh, mate of mine's looking for a, a combi, and if you go online, you get anything from about six or seven grand to 220,000. Wow. And um, it's just just crazy the numbers that people have on the on the combis, but a, a fully restored one, absolutely beautiful. But mm. um, if we go back to say 1982, because that was the first year that the uh, the Ford Falcon finally knocked off the uh, the Holden for number one car of the year. Um, if I said Ford was first, Holden was second, what would your guess be for maybe three, four, and five? What year? 82. Early, 82. early 80s. 82. Early 80s. I would have thought maybe Nissan? Pintara. Maybe Toyota. Like Corolla, um, we've got not quite the Toyota yet. We have, uh, and you, you like this one, Maddie. It's got you written all over it. The Peugeot. Peugeot. <laughs> Peugeot. <laughs> Mazda 121 for so, Robo. That's it. Hey, so you've got a um, Mitsubishi Sigma uh, Ford Laser was popular. Yeah. 
Dats and Bluebird. Remember those? Blue Some of the younger ones. Yeah. Bluebird. Be going, what the hell is that? You know, we're a Gemini. George Fury, the farmer racer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the old Bluebird's getting around. Yep. So um, it's interesting because in that year, Falcons, they sold 84,000 cars and Commodore sold 78,000 cars. So if you move to 2019, full year last year, the number one car only sold 47,000. So you're looking wow. at basically number one being half the, the sales rate that, that was there a year ago. And you want to guess what the number one selling car for last year is? It should be pretty easy. As in like the Corolla? Ford Ranger, wasn't it? Or Toyota no, Toyota Hilux. Toyota Hilux. Hilux. Yeah. So back then it was all um, looking at you know Gemini's and Corollas, Camaras, Coronas. Sounds like a like an alcohol session, doesn't it, with all that sort of stuff? Um, <laughs> it sounds like one of the lines from uh, the castle, wasn't it? Can you move the laser so I can get to the Camira because I've got to get to the Commodore and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey Malcolm, do you yeah. think those numbers are due to the fact that there is a lot more choice nowadays, as in I think a lot more yeah, diversity yeah. with the cars? I think so, and, and really the one that really jumped in was was um, in the in, in the mid '80s when um, the first Hyundai started to hit the market. Yeah, and to, uh, 1986, and pretty much everybody was unimpressed with uh, the Hyundai's there. So five years later, Hyundai had moved up to tenth position, and we know by mid 2015 the i30 was a top selling vehicle in Australia. So you look last year, um, Toyota Corolla was number three, following the Ranger. And then you had the i30. So, and you also see quite a difference in the market where it moved from family sedans, and you probably keep them six, seven, eight years, and now they moved over to the Hiluxes, the Rangers, Mitsubishi Tritons. So it's really mm. you start to it's really four wheel drives and uh, and your sort of um, Utes, and um, especially with the twin cabs being there. But, and interestingly, the ones that really stood the test of time was um, is the Corolla because that's really been in pretty much every um, top ten every year from from the early eighties. So mm. others have come and go. Like in, in two thousand and two, you had uh, Camrys and Astras and Magnas and Lancers and Pulses. Now, oh, those are all yeah, they're all gone, gone, gone to the to the to the history and, the, and um, really even from a, like a classic car perspective. I mean. Um, Maybe the very first Magnus could possibly be, um, but really not much in that list. Um, but obviously the old Falk, uh, Falcons and the old Commodores now, Series 1s, and those things are starting to go up. So it's been quite a change. And then you, you've had the Mazda 3 come in. And the first year that that came in, that was right up the top of the of the, of the sales list. So that was um, some, some real innovation in terms of the quality of car. And then... What we've had also is then, you know, we've gone from one to two year warranty to seven year warranties and 10 year warranties. And, and then you've got a lot more of the, uh, the Chinese cars starting to come in as well. And actually the new, the new MGs actually look pretty good. And yeah. Yeah. from being a, a, a fan of MGs and having several myself, I was all set to hate them. But um, they actually look pretty good and they, they also come with a seven year warranty. So, based on this conversation, Mal, I want to ask a quick question. Stevie J, sure. I'll ask you, Malcolm. What, Stevie J, first, though, what's your favourite car? What's been yours over the decades? Uh, it's been a few, but I, I would actually have to say uh, Hyundai XL. 
heart. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you probably think him because Why? Jet, Jet Race yeah, is well, one. Yeah, that's my first thought. No, it's actually not. It's actually the Hyundai Excel was uh, the one car, and that's all that it cost me to get out of my first big relationship. So it uh, <laughs> it could have gone a lot worse, but a Hyundai Excel for five and a half grand. You'd go with that to go away. Got me, yeah. Got got me, got me in the clear. We will have a chat about that <laughs> off air. What about you, uh, Malcolm Owens? What's what's been your favourite car over the years? Oh, look, I don't, I don't know that um, that Stevie get rid of Brie for a for a Hyundai Excel just no, quietly no, no. now. She's uh, going to cost him a whole lot more <laughs> than a Hyundai yeah. Excel. <laughs> she's the whole Lamborghini factory. So she's a she's a keeper that one. Oh, for me, I think it was the um, XB GT2. Oh, I haven't owned one, but it was that, that that was the one I had on the wall as a kid, you know, and was watching Alan Moffat and uh, some bloke called Johnson driving around Bathurst. So yeah. that was the aspirational car for me. What about you, um, Matty? Uh, you know, this is going to Peugeot, sound, red no, Peugeot convertible. Yes, Jesus. Uh, I tell I tell you what, it, it's going to be. It's going to sound a bit silly, but I always wanted a Walkinshaw Commodore. You know that sort of undercoat grey looking thing. Yeah, with the one with the, the big the big barbecue on the plate back. on the yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always wanted a Walk Shaw and I saw one just the other day and I went and had a chat to the bloke. Sensation. I don't know what they were like to drive. I think they weren't great to drive. I think Lukey Yildon actually tested a, a mint one at uh Sandown for Sort of a motor magazine, magazine or car, or, yeah, yeah, like which yeah. car, whatever it is, whatever he works for. And, what, and did he say it was a good um, thing? Well, he drove the new one, like the current model one. This is maybe last year or the year before, mm. 2018 maybe. And then he drove that one. And yeah, like the power was good and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the things that you would expect, the brakes and the handling and all that sort of stuff were just, right even out. even things like tyres, you don't realise how much tech's gone into just rubber yep. in over the years, you yep. know what I mean? So yeah. I'd, I'd love to have... Uh, I'd love to have one of those in the garage, Malcolm. But I think they're. Uh, I mean, you're the you're the expert. What would a Walkinshaw VL Walkinshaw? Uh, yeah. they be oh, well, what would they What would they set well, you back now? A genuine, bona fide, signed by Brock, one of 125 or whatever they were. Signed by Brock. Well, that's a different level. But you know, you'd be over 100, 120, easy if not more. I mean, it just depends on how the market's trending. So we should find out what Nimsy's first car was. Right, Malcolm. Or was it a camel? No, 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 my, yeah. no, my first car, and it's one that I still hold dearly to this day, is a, a 1989 Nissan Pintara. Red. It is. Beautiful. It is 100%. It, it's, uh, it's, it's almost like, um, it, so essentially, I think when, um, I, I still remember when uh, my dad first got it in 1989, because the Nissan factory used to still be in Clayton. And you'd drive past it and just see all these Pintaras parked out the front. It was like it was like God's country. But yeah, 1989 Nissan Pintara before I what saw the colour. Light. What colour? Bright red. Bright red. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, beautiful colour. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. On the speckle text too, we've got Grant and Sunshine tunes in. 89 Pulsar Hatch. Best car ever. 89 yeah. Pulsar Hatch. Yeah, right. Triple you S get a pulsar. Heap of stuff Hatch. in the back of those things. <laughs> yeah, you and I think they race too. Out of the back of them. In fact, yeah, Malcolm, we, we know that they race them. In fact, I reckon you've driven a race pulsar. I don't know if it was an '89 though, but I distinctly... is that the triple S? Is that yeah, those ones? I think so, with a little wing at the back, almost yep. like a Cosworth Sierra thing. I distinctly remember you having a uh, a pedal in one of those at Wakefield Park one day, big orange <laughs> one. 
Yeah, we did an enduro together, remember? It was like a whole hour or something. A whole hour. (laughs) 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 The height of the athletes here that are Malcolm and McKeldin, we did a one-hour Pulsar endurance race. We did it on, I think we did. I think it was an hour each. It was an hour each. It was an hour each. I was buggered when we finished, though, yeah. It was no bad Hey, it's it's still it's, we're still going to count it, but uh, hey, Malcolm, we appreciate you jumping on board for the classic cast corner, and uh, let's do it again soon. No worries, look forward to it. Thank you. <laughs> that was Malcolm Owens for the classic cast corner. Let's slide. Cl- let's close the doors to the classic cast corner. That was the classic cast corner for Kubota, building Australia. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to get in touch. You can even get in touch with us on the speckled text on the driver's seat, as Grant did. Uh, I want to quickly go back uh, a while back while we chatted to Tommy Randall. Here's uh, an interesting one that came through from Chris. I think after Holden is gone, Supercars is going to fall apart because it's always been Holden versus Ford, and that's going away. I can't see everyone tuning in to watch Ford versus Ford or some other manufacturer. The rivalry won't be the same whoever comes into the sport. What do you boys make of that? It's, look, it, it's a hard one. I, I think he's absolutely right in saying that, you know, the heartland is is Ford versus Holden, Stevie J. But the reality is that that Holden doesn't exist anymore. Will that mean that supercars fall over? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. I reckon in the future you could see Ford versus Kia versus a BMW versus a Toyota. I reckon as long as it's rear-wheel drive and it's got a V8 engine, no matter what the manufacturer it is, the new normal will be that it won't be holding, but people will get behind it because people love racing. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the what's happened with regard to manufacturers, sure, it's, it's disappointing, but there's so many people in this country that just love racing. Yes. It doesn't matter. You know, yep. they love racing. Sure, you may see some Holden fans drop out, but if other manufacturers come in, are we going to pick up other fans uh, who might be a Kia or a Toyota or a BMW fan if something else comes in in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, Absolutely. I agree. It's like when Lowndes crossed across from Holden to Ford yeah. and uh, Holden from Ford, he just took a few Holden fans with him, but he picked up a whole bunch of Ford fans. Yeah. And it, and that cross-migration happens all the time with the drivers. So I uh, don't know if it'll be the end, Nimsy. It'll be different, certainly. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see over the coming years how all this takes place because it's going to be uh, – it's they've got one hell of a job ahead of them. Yeah, we're definitely venturing into uncharted territory here. But And as you sort of mentioned, it, it hasn't always been Holden versus Ford. We've seen – uh, you know, things from BMWs, BMWs yeah. Nissans, Jaguars yep. even. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it could In be... The group A days, Group C days. Yeah, could really be the dawn of a brand new era. Here we go. Um, uh, here we, no, no, you no. always scare me, Nimsy, when you say, oh, here we go. No, no, <laughs> because we can't see the messages. <laughs> well, because on the text line, uh, number ending 789, the bloke who texted that supercars has always been Holden versus Ford, does he not remember the olden days where Nissan was winning and well, other yeah. manufacturers were racing around? So there you go. And BMW. Yeah. BMW were there. Yep. Tony Longhurst and the Benton and Hedges M3. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Sierras and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. 0433 if you want to get involved too on the speckled text. We'll take a quick pause for the cause because we're going to round up the podium and talk about all things racing because there is plenty going on in the world of supercars, which is... Great to say after what seems to be about 58 weeks. But um, we'll take a quick break here on the driver's seat.
Great to have your company on the driver's seat. 0433981116 on the speckled text if you'd like to get involved. But right now, it's time to head to the rostrum. Now on the driver's seat, the podium. Yes, it's the time when we focus on three talking points. Uh, well, Matt and Steve will focus on them in the world of motorsports. Uh, this week <laughs> on the podium, we're looking at the ramifications of the new calendar. Let's start off with P1 on the podium. Axing the round at the Bend Motorsport Park, because uh, I know that uh, Dr. Sam Shaheen was very, very vocal in su- and critical about supercars dropping the round at the Bend. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, well, and good on him too. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, a lot I'm of work going that, that it's gone. Mm. I, I, it, it was. It's a great track. It's a great place to race. I'm not sure if it was the right place for an enduro. But I was still interested to see what it was going to be like. Yes. I mean, and we've we've toyed with enduros at Phillip Island, didn't work. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I don't think it really would have produced an amazing spectacle yeah. at um at the bend, but. It's still, I still wanted to see. Yeah. Because I, I'd love to be proven wrong. I agree. Not really. I'm never wrong. But um, <laughs> it, I just don't think it would have worked. But um, like for the effort and time that, that Sam uh, and his crew put in yes. um, and money and everything else that they've done, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's a bit disappointing that uh, I understand this year, if it's been condensed, you know, they're saying that they've already been to South Australia. Um I understand that, but you know it's it's, it's a different a, thing though. Yeah, Tail and Bend and the Adelaide Five Hundred are two different things. One hundred percent. You know, permanent track versus a street circuit. Uh, Tail and Bend's about what two uh, two, about two hours, hours two hours two hours out yeah. of uh, Adelaide. Um, very easy for the Melbourne teams to get to. I mean, tricky for the Queensland teams, but the Melbourne teams have got to get up to Townsville and Darwin. Mm. So it's got a six of one, half a dozen of the other. And right at the moment, um, perfect time. I mean, I know they. You know, it's it's hard to get the common all that sort of stuff out there, but yeah. there's no crowds at they the moment. They could have put so them up in the hotels. Absolutely, absolutely. Wouldn't have had to bus anyone. The whole the whole yep. of the hotel over the track could have been booked out. So, look, I I understand from Sam Shahin's point of view, very disappointing. I'm very disappointed as well. Uh, I kind of like that he's been critical of supercars because mm. I don't think enough people are. So, you know, he's come out and given him a fair old whack on the way through. Uh, and hard times, tough decisions to be made, but disappointing. Very disappointing. That leads us to our next step on the podium. Sandown, back to pre-Bathurst, but not an enduro. Interesting one. Bizarre. I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't understand. You're there. No. Why not? You're there, and I think they want that spectacle of multiple races, which they sort of had anyway at Sandown with the co-driver race and yeah. the qualifying races that they had on Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, I just love Sandown. I don't know maybe I'm, you know, the history for me... Um, really points towards having a, an enduro at Sandown. Yeah. Um, I think it's always a great race. Like, it's just a, a, yeah, a the sensational race. And the weather's... Re- but that's what's good about that's it, what I mean. that's what That's what throws it up. It's not just a 25-degree sunny day. Mm. You know, you could be... How many times have we seen it where it's been 13 degrees and then all of a sudden a, a wind squall will come through and there'll yeah. be rain on one side of the track and all that kind of stuff. It's a hard... It looks like a simple track, but it's a tough track to drive. Slipperiest corners. Yep. In the nation, that yep. bottom that bottom corner, uh, slipperiest in the nation if it gets wet. So, yeah, I, I'm yeah disappointed, and I think the the Melbourne people are disappointed with it, and hopefully it'll be instated because we got to we got to have a race for co-drivers too, Nimsy. Yeah, it's not just Bathurst. So. Yeah, exactly, and and obviously get some some running for them as well. Yeah, so totally. you know, yep. on the on the pos- positive side to that, 
being an enduro, uh, not an enduro, sorry, at Sandown. Um, you know, unlike the E-Series, Jamie Wing Cup's unstoppable there. So uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, it might give somebody else a chance to uh, to, to win a race there. <laughs> He's a master there. In, in the to- on the topic of our co-drivers, that leads us to our next question, our last step on the podium. Will there be a Pertec Enduro Cup this year? Now, teams will obviously have an opportunity to test their co-drivers between August 30th and October 5th. We spoke to Tom Randall. He's not quite clear about what's happening with his BJR co-drive. We talked to Michael Caruso at the start of the program. He's also a little bit in the dark. And to be fair to the teams, they also don't know what's sort of happening with the calendar. So will we actually see a Pertec Enduro Cup this year? Uh, You'll you'll see something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pertec, obviously, and supercars won't want to lose that, you know, that funding funding and and that corporate, you know, sponsorship that they get through, through Pertec. And, uh, um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know whether you're going to see the Pertec Enduro Cup handed out or you're going to see something else. Maybe the Pertec Enduro Cup can be coincided with a few other uh, instances with regard to, you know, pit stops and this and that, you know. Like, I mean, I know they've done the pit stop challenge before, but I, I don't know. I, you can't, I don't think you can have an Enduro Cup when there's only one Enduro. And I, and I think the reality is, is that in extraordinary times like this, if you were to park the Enduro Cup for one year, then no one would scream and yell, but it just is what it is. We're all sort of flying uh, by the seat We haven't had an endurance series. We haven't had an endurance series. You can't really do it. Pertec are a partner in supercars. They will be, no doubt, for a while. Yep. Um, uh, we've seen races get cancelled, obviously. We just talked about tail and bend. So extraordinary circumstances, Nimsy and Steve. And I'm not entirely sure. A, we, we, I would like it. I'd love Sandown and Bathurst. I mean, how traditional would that be? Normally yep. we go to the Gold Coast. That's not happening this year. So Sandown, Bathurst, very traditional. Make it your, your, your cup. But there is a reason why Sean Seymour and the supercar gurus have come out and said Sandown is unlikely to be an enduro. Don't know what it is but there'll be something behind that. So yeah. if it just has to be Bathurst, it just has to be Bathurst and we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. Because okay. everything's changing. Yep. We were finishing in 2021. We're now finishing in 2020. Um, we were going to finish at Bathurst for a second time. That's now not happening. It's going to be SMP under lights. So as we sit here on this particular day on the 24th of June, it'll be different again next week. It'll be different the week after that. Yep. And, and I just... Who knows what's going to go on? Things and, can change, Nimsy. And we're not the only sport that have had to have lo- multiple lines put through calendars and fixtures yeah, totally. and uh, locations and stuff like that. So, well, like well, you well said, Nimsy, mm. Melbourne's a perfect example of what could happen. Um, you exactly know, with, right. with regard to what's happened in the outbreak, mm. um, you know, there's been a race meeting at Phillip Island that's been cancelled as of today mm-hmm. yeah. um, because of the outbreak. Um, if something happens in Sydney in, in the next two days, it could possibly cancel the supercar the next race. Two days, yeah. So we saw that at the Grand Prix, didn't we? One hundred percent. One case, boom. Yep, absolutely. Send, send so we don't the, know what's going to happen. Yep. Who knows? Yeah, but um, let us know what you think. 0433981116 on the speckle text. That was the podium. It will be interested to see what happens because, as you said, Maddie, things are changing on a dime here. But uh, we'll take a quick break here on the driver's seat. Back with more right after this. Great to have your company on the driver's seat. 0433981116 on the speckle text. If you'd like to get involved before we get to our Bendix Breaks big moment, let's uh, quickly address a text from Blake. The new calendar makes absolutely no sense. No rhyme or reason. Whoever came up with it needs to give themselves an uppercut. <laughs> Too many big gaps and missing great tracks for no valid reason. Yeah, I mean, it's 
there'd have to. There's, I, look, there's I get a lot that, of I things. get that thought. There's no valid reason, but there'd have to be. Yeah. I mean, these decisions aren't made arbitrarily, willy-nilly, without discussions. Yeah. So there'd be reasons. I think this is one of the areas that supercar is lacking at the moment. They're not actually communicating, sort of communicating the reasons. They're just saying, oh, it's hard decisions, COVID-19, see you later, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. So I can sort of – I was sorry to interrupt you there, Steve, but I, I, I sort of feel that he's right that – People don't know what's going on. They mm. just, they just, but, but there is reasons behind these decisions. Yeah, and they need to exploit and, and, I guess, communicate as you said those those reasons. Um, you know, there might be a lot of commercial uh, issues that they've got with regard to contracts and things like that. That, that you know, could be playing into this as well. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, um, you know, everyone's been affected by this. You know, no yeah. more so than, you know, no no one more so than anyone else. In regard to individuals or businesses, I mean, apart from if you own a Bunnings store, um, you've been going pretty well. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, um, you know, it's it, it is it's it's difficult and it's I'm confused. Everyone's confused. Yeah. We don't Jack know why we're going to Sydney twice. You know that it, there's obviously reasons for it, but you know, Blake doesn't know it. I don't know it. You don't know it. No. Like. We can only go off what we're reading and what's coming out, and he and that's what he's doing. Mm. Well, let's uh, focus on uh, what's coming up straight ahead. Uh, str- well, at the weekend ahead, you know, Bendix breaks big moment. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix breaks big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. I got a bit confused last week uh, when we were talking about the rules. You got a bit confused about two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are mean, Steve Johnson. <laughs> we both looked at each other, Nimsy, uh, like you were stumbling a little bit there, and then he had to say, "You're a shocker, Johnson." <laughs> uh, it is Proceed, our, Nimsy. It is, of course, our Bendix brakes big moment. If you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix brakes. Just having a quick look, see at the formats and the rule variations for the BP Ultimate Sydney Super Sprint. This is, of course, a TV only event. Uh, no crowds allowed. But uh, when you look at those session times, guys, there uh, there's a fair bit in there, but also. A n- not a lot there as well. Am I reading that right? No, you yeah. are reading that right because there's no support categories going there either. Mm. So uh, there's there's going to be practices left, right, and centre, and that'll obviously. be that'll be dished out around TV as well. Yeah, of course. These are all these are all aligned with broadcasts, abilities, and all that kind of stuff. Remembering footies back and all that kind of thing. But uh, look again, some of the rules, you know, like you got to be there. You can be there no longer. Well, no earlier than two and a half hours before the start of the sessions in the morning. You can't be there more than two hours after the session. So if anyone has an almighty whack on the weekend, Stevie J, their only option is to chuck it on the flatbed, take it off site and fix it and bring it back first thing in the morning. Absolutely, yeah. So as a driver, as a supercar driver, is that going to play in your head? Like, oh, geez, I better not stuff it up the inside there or whatever. Or once that helmet goes on, in that sort of competitive environment, you're just going to do what you got to do. You got to you got to do what you got to do, and and you know all the drive. I think I'll actually see drivers being a bit more desperate because the, right. there's less rounds now to be able to come back from any. So any mm. decent result now is going to mean a lot more when you've got 12 races than when you've got 22 races. You know, so it's you know I'm not saying there's only 12 races to go, but you know, where where there's a lot of there's a lot of race meetings, which have multiple races um, that we're not doing. Um, so yeah, I think that they're they're going to be pushing harder to make sure that they are getting the best result that they can. They're not going to be 
sitting on their hands, you know, in eighth place, thinking, yeah, this will be all right, nice and consistent. They're going to force their way forward, and I think that's what we're going to see. Honestly, you know, maybe a little bit at SMP, not a lot. Um, certain tracks are worse than others, like obviously Gold Coast, but, yeah. you know, we don't often see um, a car have a crash that is that bad that they need to work all night through the year generally. It'll happen at Bathurst or it'll happen at, you know, those sort of yeah. races. Yeah. Um, I don't remember recalling seeing that sort of stuff f- pretty much for as long as I can remember in a in a round like, you know, like we got this weekend at SMP. Um, you know, you get, you get other things. You, you look at back, I think, a few years ago in the Nissan with Rick Kelly and the single-led Nissan mm. when it had a tyre explode and it literally looked like half the car it took out was back. torn apart. Yeah. Did you see that, Nimsy? Yeah, it took out the... Uh, the it literally... Oh, the rear window fell out, yeah. the whole lot. Like, it was... The whole thing was torn apart. And they they would be able to turn that car around in the time of um, what we got here with regard to curfews and stuff. So, yeah. it has to be a pretty major one. And if you did have a major one, you you know, you'd probably end up parking it for the weekend. Um, on the speckle text, too. So, this round will not be shown on free-to-air TV. This is from Stephen on the speckle text. And you wonder why people have stopped watching. Good luck finding future sponsors. Stephen, correct. Yeah. This is one of the things we've spoken about so often on this show is that uh, the fans have got to have free access to watch this sport. Now, if you don't want Fox Sport, if you don't want Foxtel and Fox Sports, which I think with, with the normal Fox Sports and there, or Foxtel and then the Fox Sports package on top is about 60 bucks a month. That's a, that's a bit of wedge. You can go to KO. Uh, you can just load up KO, which is, I think, 20 bucks a month, and you can still get all your, your and your classic and supercar your, racing, yeah. all that kind of stuff. On all the shows, However, like Inside Line and all that things too. Yeah, exactly right. However, uh, that's... You know, you got to remember that We're, times are tough. It's not right, easy. Absolutely. So we've got to have this new TV deal. It's imperative, Steve Johnson, that we get a free-to-air content more than what we have had. Or Steve, who texts in, is absolutely right. It's mm-hmm. going to be the, the the partners will walk away. And that, and at the end of the day, it's the fans and the eyeballs that uh, come through. We're getting a fair bit on the speckle text. Uh, what a joke, supercars! Not even delayed telecasts on ten. Not a good way to support your fans. No, it's not, That's you it. know, it's not. But, um, um, you know, it, as I said just before, it's one of those times that no one's winning at the moment. So no. we need to just get through it. And then we need to hope that Supercars has a direction that's going to be positive for the sport and the fans um, and makes it, it needs to be positive all around, positive for the fans, positive for the, the viewers on television, positive for the teams because it's too expensive at the moment so the next gen needs to be way cheaper and way easier and way better and way less complicated than what it is at the moment so yeah i know i get it i get it free to wear yeah absolutely gotta have free to wear we're with you jace gotta have free to wear Uh, but uh but anybody else that's out there wanting to steve sorry i said jace steve speckle text in just can we have something positive yeah (laughs) well please i mean i i get i get that the fans could you imagine if you took footy off free How about, oh, I love the show, guys. It's awesome. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's the all. fact that the folks are texting in tells us that they Yeah, are. absolutely. So, I mean, seriously, though, I think it's a massive problem. Yeah. I think it deserves a huge spotlight yeah. because not everyone can afford KO or, or Fox or any of that sort of stuff. And if you spent 
50 years being a Dick Johnson racing fan and then all of a sudden you can't watch it on your Saturday and your Sunday mm. uh, and you, you can't afford pay TV or KO or something like that. I think that's an absolute travesty and yep. I get the financial benefits of a, of a pay TV deal to the teams. I get that. Yep. Those teams won't exist if we don't have a fan base because the fan base is switched off because there's no free-to-air. And yeah. even if they just free-to-air just just broadcast the races, that's it. No fluff beforehand, yep. no fluff afterwards. Yep. Let Fox do all that really cool stuff that the, the, the people that want to buy it and want to look at it and want to go into it will. Uh, and then if you've got the other fans that we don't want to forget about, the fans that... You know whether they can't afford it, or whether they they just don't like to to buy a subscription with regard to Fox or Ko, that they can still get their racing fix as well. And you don't want them to be watching a highlight package, mm. bloody two hours, you know, before midnight a week <laughs> later. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, but uh, well, obviously a, a lot of passion here, uh, which is what we love to see on the Speckle Text. But uh, let us know what you think. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Building Australia. Great to have your company on the driver's seat. 0433981116 on the speckle text if you want to get involved. And thank you to Tom in Toowoomba. Hi, guys. Love the show. Least I can see Stevie J on free-to-air with his meeting on TV. Was looking forward to seeing him at Morgan Park. We'll have to wait until next year. Another positive one, too. Oh, that's nice, isn't a, it? A positive is we get you guys. The negative is there's only you guys on late radio. Stupid, and the sport will lose more than they've lost. So, see, so we're getting yeah. a couple of positives on the speckle. Yeah, it's good. We're we're actually really enjoying doing it properly live. You know, yeah. we we were live before, but we'd record it as it as if it was live, yeah. but yeah. it wasn't live live. You know, so very well, hard to do a live seeing by sneaking behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah very time. very hard Jeez. to do a live show Radio on Sunday from nine to ten. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, you're not wrong there. But uh, hey, let's get into this week's race rewind. This is the driver's seat race rewind. Let's wind it back to the 27 Red Rooster Sydney Super Sprint. He's turned him. McLaughlin has turned Van Gisbergen at turn two. Does Shane survive that one? That's a pivotal moment in the championship. McLaughlin will be in serious trouble over that. And a huge amount of damage for Winkup. Now, this is a championship changer, not only by the mistake and the drama we saw at the start, but the contact with McLaughlin on Van Gisbergen and now the resultant damage on the front of Winkup. This is a big one for Red Bull Racing with two cars out. They ended up going all right at the end of it. Uh, Fabs ended up winning race 17. But um, the following day, Jamie absolutely brained the field with a nine-second gap and even took the record for the most victorious driver in supercars history as well. Yes, he did. 106 wins. Surpassing the legend of Craig Lowndes, <laughs> who was on 105. So very cool, very cool. Um, that was massive. That incident with uh, Scotty Mack and SVG. Now he got a drive SVG, through. Hmm. He got a drive through for spinning Shane. Uh, a lot of people were blaming Shane because of the way he restarted with. Uh, but you know, sort of backed everyone up a little. No, bit. no, no. Well, Scotty was in front. See, now the rule was back then, you can't go uh, before the um, the safety cars in pit lane, okay? Right. So oh, when the green right. flag yeah. goes. So, I but the other rule was too, um, and the, the reason why that it got caught, uh, sorry, let me start again. I was it gonna caught say, Scott <laughs> you Napping. It caught Scott Napping because he was the leader. 
but he got to the apex of the final corner. And the rule was, after the apex of the final corner, at that point in time with the rules, you were allowed to overlap, which means you're allowed to drive up alongside yeah, the car in right. front, but you weren't allowed to pass it before the start-finish line or the control line, okay? So Scott turned the last corner past the apex. The pit um, lane still hadn't seen the safety car. It was still on its way into the pits. Yeah. So Scott couldn't go. He had to wait. But what Scott did wrong was he didn't turn out of the last corner and stay hard left on the track. He took a normal racing line and went out wide. So Shane, being Shane, knowing the rules, he just drove up alongside him and sat at his door for the restart. And then when the restart came, they both took off together. And Shane, they were bumping down the straight and Shane had the side draft and he passed him. him So it was just a really good move, you know. And Scott got frustrated with that and ended up turning him around at turn two, getting a penalty for it. So, you know... I enjoy that sort of stuff because I know the headspace and I know the you know the knowledge that Shane's got's mega and yeah. he did nothing wrong then and people people sort of criticise him for being that bully and all that but he's not he's just a smart racer that knows what he's doing. One interesting thing too about uh, going back and looking at the 2017 Sydney Super Sprint was um, it, this almost uh, it was the dawn of the whole Red Bull HRT v Shell V Power Racing team because look at the rest of the field they're miles away I mean Chaz is the only one in a non-Red Bull or Shell V-Power car that even put up a challenge. Yes. And he was sort of... You always get to understand, even in Formula One, there's always the best of the rest, isn't there, Matty? Yeah. So you've got, you know, you've got your... Ferrari, you've got your... Pardon my hiccup there. You've got your (laughs) Ferrari, you've got your Mercedes... Red Bull haven't always been... It was generally out of those two, or you could say those three teams, those six cars. Yeah. And then it was always the race of the best of the rest. So it was... It's the Renaults. It's the Racing Points. It's the... Um, you know, who else is... Uh, who else is in there? You know, you know what I'm saying. So yep. there's always yep. that... You know, and that's what it tends to be like a little bit in supercars now. So I'm hoping that, you know, with this break, it mixes it up a little bit. And also with the new uh, Gen three i guess you'd call or car of the future 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 <laughs> the distant future <laughs> the distant future <laughs> the, if you uh, stand on a, your tippy toes and squint you yeah. might see it down the road future it brings in other teams a bit more regularly uh like um erebus and like um you know brad jones, brad and jones all those or, guys. or even absolutely. just seeing walkinshaw back in yeah, walkinshaw absolutely you know i think that that's that's needed and we need to see quite a few different teams and cars and drivers all winning races yeah 100 yeah, 100% there but uh, that was our race rewind um, a couple more texts on the speckle which we'll get to in just a tick we'll take a quick break and uh, wrap it all up here next on the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota building Australia great to have you company on the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota building Australia we've got a bit of loose ends to tie up here uh, we mentioned this off air but uh, Mustang Sally the most famous car in TCM history has been sold and uh, quite a record there too, Stevie. So, um, we'd have to speak to our friend Noons at some stage about it. That's got, to, that's got to be probably the most successful car in Australian motorsport history well, it, with it what it's won. You have a look at, yeah. uh, uh, so it's a six, six championships, 2011, 2012, 2014 with JB and 2017, 18 and 19, the three-peat with you. 36 round wins, 94 race wins. Um, absolutely and crazy. A partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> yeah. Four, yeah, and I don't know. Who do you reckon did it better? John won three, I won three. It took him four years to win three. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm only joking. But um, we both, the, the record for uh, wins in a season, 14, and yeah. both John and myself did that. Equal that. that. Equal that. So, um, so I'm not sure when Is he it going to end up at the Bathurst motoring museum there? I don't know. It's It's been um, bought by... Uh, uh, like a collector guy. Don't say where it is. No, I'm not saying, <laughs> Don't say I'm not where, saying it where it is. Uh, it's staying in this state, though, in Queensland. It is staying in Queensland. But, um, yeah, he wants to keep him, himself private. And, and that yeah. that was quite, um, you know, I think I think Ian spoke to uh, to Noons, the V8 sleuth, and said he want, would like to keep the identity private. But, you know, you may see Sally racing again. Um, and he said that the only the way right he would driver, do it. Yeah. Sorry? Has to be the right driver in the car. Yeah, the right driver. And he said a driver that can add to that history. So, you know, you see he's very straightforward and say, I'm not going to put a new kid in. I'm not going to do anything like that. At the moment, it's going to sit in my garage. I think his garage is quite big. And um, at I'm the gutted. moment. You're gutted? Yeah, I'm gutted at Seoul because there, I know you had said to me, at any time you want to come and have a skid in the Mustang, we'll just, just let me know. We'll go for a skid in the Mustang. And I just... COVID ruined it, damn it. COVID ruined it. I just did not get a a skid in the most successful racing car in Australian history. Because I think you're right. Those stats are incredible, mate. Mm. So, uh, and I think John Bauer did it better. John did. Absolutely. He did. He absolutely did. 100%. Uh, one one last one, too, before we wrap up for the evening. Uh, the NZV8's championship has been declared. Congratulations to Andre Heimgardner. He's won his yep. second BNT NZV8. Um, right. the, um, the, the championship now moves on to TA2 muscle cars after uh, next, uh, the next season. Yes, the same ones does. that you were driving in, uh, Maddie last year. Same so, well, yeah, look, let's, let's be straight out on the uh, airwaves of Australia. A TA2 car and a Trans Am car are exactly the same thing. It's just where you choose to race them with the TA2 guys or with the Trans Am guys. So, uh, yes. It's almost like the uh, IndyCar IRL split. It's exactly what it's like. Pretty much, isn't it? And Just on a much smaller scale. Yeah, on a much smaller scale. However, power you know, struggle, you've got, power you know, struggle got two, two kids yeah. and all you want to do is bang their heads together and just get an outcome. It's yep. a little bit like that at the moment. If I could have them both in the room, because there's a lot of he said, she said, yuck, 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 all that, I'd bang their heads together and get them to sort it out. However, having said all of that, TA2 did release their uh, their new calendar for this year. So on the AMRS series, which is kind of a third or fourth tier series. Um, but yes, New Zealand, their touring car championship is going to what we call a TA2 car or Trans Am car over there. So uh, it's taken over the world. They you race in get Sweden, over there, in America. You could drive yep. over there. Well, they're, they're, I may even look at selling my car into New Zealand at some yep. stage, and then I'll get a, a new one here, seeing yep. as though Mustang Sally's been sold, and I can't mm. buy that and have a crack against you in TCM. How mm. good would that go? Would you give me a little bit of room if I got lucky I enough would. to get near you? Of course I would. Would you? Yeah. I don't think you would. Yes, I would. No, you'd fence me. <laughs> I'm a place. really <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> the reality is I wouldn't get anywhere near you. <laughs> <laughs> No, you would. No, but uh, congratulations to Andre Heimgarten. It'd be very interesting to see uh, how the NZV8's championship goes with the brand mm. new format there. So uh, one quick one, too. We'll just read this off the speckled text. Fox's coverage, this is from Brett, Fox's coverage is phenomenal. You get to see everything, all practices, supports, quality. I love it. Anyone who says Fox Shell isn't worth it, then they don't really know what they're on about. Worth every sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and Brett, thank you. That's great. I, I feel you, and I and I agree. I with agree you. with Brett. The, the the 
the coverage is sensational. You just, in fact, there are when the Formula One guys have come out here, and I, and I know you know Brown from McLaren, all that kind of stuff. They said that the coverage we get, Roger Penske said it, the coverage we get of supercars is absolutely outstanding. But it's tough times, and it is tough times. You may what, not be able to afford sixty bucks a month. There are people doing yeah, it hard out there. Unfortunately, if you can't, you can't. You know, and no. and but but I think I want to clarify something here too that where you know our professional opinion, yes. right, with what we're talking about here, none of it was uh, with what we're not happy with. None of it was no. directed at Foxtel at all. No. People bag Foxtel. Well, it's not Foxtel. They're just they've got. You know, uh, a thing to give to a product, yeah, a got product. product and, and, and yep. super. It's so it's supercars that really need to sort out the whole yes. free to air Foxtel thing. It's yes. nothing to do with anybody else. So I love Foxtel no. and yep. I love free to air. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love loves TV. Everyone. I love TV. He loves KFC and McDonald's and oh, donuts. Yes. And <laughs> I love Netflix. I but, love um, KO. Tell you Stan what, is the way to go. I, let me I, tell you. I for one cannot wait. That endorsement central here at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> I for one cannot wait uh, till this weekend. The Sydney, uh, the BP Ultimate. Sydney Super Sprint will be yes. here. We'll be here same time next week with all the wash up from it, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Let's do it again we same to, time next week. We get to talk racing That's next gone week. So far. Genuine racing. How good. I haven't fallen asleep. Thanks, Nimsy. <laughs> Thanks, Nimsy. <laughs> no worries. Remember, you can check out all the podcasts on the Driver's Seat app right now. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.